our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Welcome to Girls That Invest. Today is Monday, which means we're bringing you Sticky Money Monday, a weekly advice column where you give us a sticky money situation you're in, whether your ex owes you money, your friend is asking you to fork out for her wedding, or your flatmate just keeps stealing your oat milk. We are here to give you our unsolicited, unfiltered advice. You're joined today by retired nice girl Sim, and with me is also retired nice girl Sonia. The friends that tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear, let's get started. Sonia, hello. Simran, hello. This sticky situation is one that I don't know if we're going to like personally be able to relate to, but I feel like if our parents were in this room, they would be like, yes, this is literally what I went through. This is what I experienced. So I guess like from observation, we've kind of had similar experiences. Would you? I am interested to hear it. So dear Sim and Sonia, just wondering if you can help me with a sticky money slash work situation. We're getting a lot of work situations recently. Mm. Maybe we should just call it girls at HR. It's the sign of the times. It really is. So hello Sim and Sonia. I'm just wondering if you can help me with this sticky money slash work situation. I'm a 30-year-old Asian woman who has immigrated to a quote-unquote first world country, I love that, to earn better money. I am a professional and have been working in my career for years back home prior to moving here. I'm currently working at a job where my boss makes me feel inferior and on more than one occasion made me experience racial microaggressions. The pay is really good, but I dread coming to work every day. While I do occasionally send money home to my family, I am not the breadwinner and I am currently unmarried so I have no immediate financial dependence. My boss is the owner of the business, it is not a franchise and it is not big enough to have a human resources department. Part of me wonders if I'm stuck in the old work culture of your boss can treat you however and you can't say anything about it and I'm just too timid to talk to her directly to address it. Should I cut my losses and quit my job or should I take these comments on the chin and power through? Thank you for any advice that you may have from East Coast Anxiety. This makes me think they're from the States. East Coast Anxiety. First of all, I just wanted to give a definition of what a microaggression is for those of you who might not know. So Kevin Nadal, who is a professor of psychology, he defines microaggressions as 
the everyday, subtle, intentional, and oftentimes unintentional interactions or behaviors that communicate some sort of bias toward historically marginalized groups. I feel that. Yeah, I am kind of sick and tired of the narrative that because they're microaggression, it doesn't matter as much. Like some people like to think of it as, oh, there's racism and then there's microaggressions. And so you kind of just let microaggressions slide. But if you think about it, if you are at this workplace and every single day you are receiving microaggressions and you're having those experiences over and over again, it can wear you down, you know? I just personally, when has anyone said that microaggressions aren't racism? It is racism, point blank period. I think people mm-hmm. like to put suffering or bullying or mismanagement on tears. So if you're not at a particular tear, you kind of let it go. Mm. But I don't think anything should be let go, especially microaggressions, because they compare it to outright like racism. Oh, I get you. Yeah, I completely agree. It's kind of like a pyramid that I have in my head of like the top of the pyramid is hate crimes. And then like as the tears go down to the bottom of the pyramid, you have like slightly less aggressive forms of racism. And then down the bottom is like what people call jokes or like microaggressions. And then to me, it's like, oh my God, I'm not saying your boss is going to commit a hate crime, but I am saying that like it all adds up to the overall way that people view certain groups of people and it doesn't help that microaggressions aid in like this overall horrible thing. All that to say, I just find this mindset of our listener really interesting because she's kind of come from the thought process of I either have to put up with it or I have to quit like there's no in between and I know it's a very like immigrant slash Asian thing to do that we have done or at least our parents have done where if someone comes to you in a workplace and makes you feel inferior we either think oh it's just my boss I have to take it and we've seen our parents do that Mm. or they say well I guess I just quit like there's no other alternative Do you think this is a space where this person could talk to her boss about it? I know she said there's no HR. Like, I understand that that's not a possibility right now. But is this something that you can talk about or raise as a concern to the person doing it? 100%. I think with microaggressions and in terms of this listener being made feel inferior, I think sometimes the story that we tell ourselves is that everything is so intentional and thought out and the boss is literally out to get you but they could also first of all they should know better I'm not saying that's your responsibility to have that conversation with them but also I feel like they might not realize how they're making you feel because either you're taking the joke maybe you kind of uncomfortably laugh And they're like, oh my gosh, she's laughing when they do make a joke and like nothing has been said thus far. I think if you took the time to figure out how you might communicate with your boss, how this makes you feel, bring up some examples and tell them what you'd like to happen in the future. Like, I just don't want these kind of jabs or I don't want these comments made and kind of work on it together. But I definitely think there's room for a conversation. I don't think it's an either or situation. Yeah, for sure. Because 
honestly, some people, and it baffles me, but some people go through life never being told, like, that's kind of racist or, like, you should not say that. Or they just go, oh, you know, that's Sam. Sam just Sam just cracks jokes. We don't take him too seriously. We don't take her too seriously. Like, that's just the thing she does. And Sam grows up spending their whole life thinking, like, as long as you don't hurt someone physically, like, you can make little jokes here and there. And that's obviously not the case. Have you ever experienced that? For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it, from local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple, increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win, win, win. To learn more about how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. To be honest, I probably have, but I've let them go over my head. But I'm definitely the type of person, like, if I, especially in a workplace, like, if you're making me feel uncomfortable, if you're making me feel a certain type of way, I will definitely be having a conversation with you. Mm. And I think that's something that I've had to learn really quickly in my corporate job. And I think you're right. Like, my parents, when I'd go home and say X, Y, Z happened, they're like, oh, you just kind of have to deal with it. It's kind of, mm. they probably dealt with 20 times worse. And I'm like, no, I don't really need to deal with it. And it makes me super sad because I feel like because I have this accent and because like I understand English a little bit better and I don't need to translate it in another language to make it make sense in my head better. I can have these really hard conversations and like my parents weren't really afforded the same comfortability that makes sense Mm. have you yeah I mean I still remember like with my mum I was telling her something and she'd be like oh you know well your boss has probably got a lot on their mind and they're probably having a bad day and I'm like what about me what about my bad day like what about what I'm going through whereas they've come from like a point of understanding and I just they put up with more than they have to and I think that's just like the immigrant mindset and, and clearly our like listener here has got a similar story where she's like do I just take it on the chin and like I'll give you another example. Like I've had people constantly mispronounce my name. It is Simran, but it is spelt Simran. And I have told people before to change it and they haven't. And I've just been like, oh, they just can't pronounce it, da-da-da. But my view on that changed one day when I was working like as a student job and I was working in an optometry clinic and I went to call out someone's name and it was a white woman and I mispronounced her name. And instantly she was like it's actually Sarah and I was like oh like she really like took that poorly but I was like that's her name like she's allowed to be aggressive and then I was like why don't I react that way when people mispronounce my name or like why don't we 
have like that part of us that's like the audacity for this person to mispronounce my name instead of like oh no it's okay you can just call me like this white version of the name and I don't know like little things like that would happen to me but I never did anything about it now I think we're a lot older frontal lobes developed all that good stuff and we're more likely to stand up for ourselves but probably put up with more than we needed to Mm. stand up for ourselves and other people as well like I think if I see like this makes me sad, but like older Indian, just people at the pharmacy or the doctor, if I'm waiting in line or if I'm like going to order somewhere and they're having trouble, like I will go out of my way to help them because it just makes me think of my parents. And I hope if like my parents like look a little bit lost that someone comes up to them and helps them too. But we digress. I think with this, first of all, we just want to validate where you're coming from. It is hard working in a different culture than what you're used to especially when it comes to the workplace and I think a lot of immigrants do have that shared experience of thinking it's one or the other situation I think you have commented that you are you know you're too timid to talk to her directly to address it but I feel like I I would like to challenge you a little bit in terms of having this conversation with her I would say in terms of my step one, it would be preparing for the conversation and that comes with reflecting on, hey, how does this make me feel and writing it down and listing your examples and maybe because this is one of your first conversations that you're having like this with a boss, role play it out. Literally say to yourself, hey, Karen, just say that's your boss's name. It's the easiest name. Interesting. <laughs> See, that's a microaggression. <laughs> yeah, so say to yourself, hey, Karen, I just wanted to have a conversation with you and I just want to say up front that this is an uncomfortable conversation and I feel really vulnerable putting myself out there and then having this conversation with you. And I just want to preface that this conversation and why I'm saying it to you is it is out of respect and just say recently there's been a few experiences and things that have been said to me about me that have made me feel inferior that have made me feel low and haven't come across well I've been taking them as microaggressions racial microaggressions I think you can say that because it's true and Example one, two, three, maybe, because I think leaders and managers always ask, like, can you give me an example of this? When have I made you feel like that? And you've got them listed already, which first of all, it's so hard to write that down. So take your time with the prepping of the conversation. And yeah, just like kind of practice having that conversation with yourself. If you need to be in front of a mirror, if you can practice in front of a friend, I would err on the side of caution and not do it with a colleague. And with a friend that doesn't work at the company. And yeah, I think preparing for these conversations and role playing it out really helps with the conversations. I'm not saying that all your nerves will be eradicated off the bat just by doing these things, but it will definitely make you feel calmer and more prepared by doing it. What would your top tips be? 
The exact same. Like, I think that's really what you need to do. And I've realized that Sonia and I have become those old people where, like, you go to your parents for a problem and they're like, oh, honey, you know, step one, go talk it out. Go to your boss and say, hey, I'd love to have a chat. Sit down with them. And you're like, what the heck? Like, I cannot do that. Like, you have absolutely (laughs) lost your mind for you to think that I'm going to go up to that person and that they're going to listen to me. But trust me. That's just the step that you need to take first, because once you take that step, if they don't take it well, that's at least something that's on your side. And then it can turn into, okay, I'm going to write a written email with everything that's happened and send it to them. And that's step two. And then step three is, okay, I've tried to resolve it with them. I've tried to write an email to them. I'm going to now ask them based off the HR laws in my state if they can get a third external person to come sort this out because you're allowed to, you know, stand up for yourself and you're allowed to say, I don't like that and no one should be punished for it. I don't think you should quit your job. I think you should try to fix it. But in saying that, if you know that person better than we do and you say, no, it's just going to blow up my face. I don't have the mental energy. I don't have the time. And I do have another job that might suit me better. That's okay too. You're allowed to just leave. But if I was in your shoes, I would at least talk to Mm -hmm. the person. Also, just bringing up two other benefits that aren't like this useful skill that I feel like you do need in life and it will help you for future conversations as well. I think by having this conversation with her, you will one, make her more aware of what she's saying and that could impact how she treats different people and different employees and people she comes into contact with. Because if you are being made to feel this way, I highly doubt you're the only one feeling this way under her management. Two, I think if you do decide to leave or you decide I don't have the energy for this, I would rather just save my mental energy, find somewhere else. That's completely fine too. You need to evaluate that for yourself. But I think if you have the conversation with her and then go through the written step that Sim has just said, and then you end up leaving, it is still going to benefit other employees that come after you because she's got that front of mind and she's like, someone had the courage or again, like the audacity to have this conversation with me, I'm going to think twice before saying X, Y, Z, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's probably a good place to wrap things up. Now, if you do end up leaving your job or having that conversation with your boss, please do let us know. We love hearing the feedback. We got some great feedback from one of our previous week's listeners for the person that had needed to come up with $30,000 for her mother's weight loss surgery and she wasn't sure what she wanted to do. She got back to us and she was like, thank you so much. Me and all my colleagues listened in and you just gained four new followers because they loved the episode so much. Oh my God. That was very kind, but also I hope your mother is okay. That's more important. And if you have a sticky money situation that you need help with and you want our unfiltered, unsolicited, and frankly, sometimes unhinged advice, then send them through at hello at girlsthatinvest.com with the title Sticky Money Story, and you may just be featured in next week's episode. 
All right, till next time, Sonia. Till next time, Sim. Bye. Bye. And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence.